Welcome to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Sheb. When Lindsay started drinking her senior year of high school, she was already blacking out. By the time she called Mar over 10 years later, she had lost her dream job due to her alcoholism and thought her life was over. She found out through experience that although she might be able to stop drinking for short periods of time, she was incapable of keeping herself from starting drinking again. Like I would try to not drink and I'd make it like a day. That was like laying in bed and like if I would move, I would get sick. I mean, it was miserable. And then I would just, I would have to go get something to drink just to get up and like try to eat or brush my teeth. In this episode, we hear part one of her story describing the progression of her alcoholism and her inability to understand the extent of her disease. Um, I started drinking probably when I was like 17, um, like 16 or 17. Was it mainly just alcohol for you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've done, I've tried things before, um, towards the end when I was, you know, quote unquote, trying to stop drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, I did, I would take pain pills. Um, so that I, I mean, I could see it could have turned into something like way more, but it was mainly, I mean, I, alcohol is my love. So then let's back up a little bit. What was okay. growing up like for you? Was there um, alcohol around? Or? Yeah. I mean, there was there was always alcohol, but I had the best childhood. I mean, um, my sister and I still talk about mm-hmm. our childhood because literally could not have had better parents, um, never wanted or needed for anything. I mean, went on, you know, family vacations to the beach every summer, to the mountains every um, winter, like always, we still do Sunday lunch at my grandmother's house every single Sunday, Um, you know, just church every Sunday, really involved in um, just like groups with school, and I was in Girl Scouts and did horseback riding. I mean, it it was a great childhood. I mean, you know, my parents, like we had a pool, so just like all summer we were in the pool and they, I mean, they were like in the pool playing with us, Mm -hmm. like anytime, you know, I never, you know, I was never starved for attention. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) You know, I had all the, my sister and I, we were, we were very, very blessed. Sounds like a great childhood. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you were saying. No, I was just saying, I mean, it just couldn't have been couldn't have been better. And was mm-hmm. that here in Georgia? Yeah, in Griffin. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah. And then so, and then around 17 was when you started drinking? Yeah, probably like 16, 17, 18, around in there. Mm-hmm. It was like my senior year in high school. Okay, So gotcha. I think I was like seven, like 16 or sixteen and 17 because I didn't turn 18 until after I graduated. Okay. And like how much were you drinking back then? Um, Then it was... I mean, it was just on the weekends, like maybe like one night of the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, And it was just like parties. Mm. Um, So if I went, you know, if somebody was having a house party, mainly, I mean, just house parties. And um, but I mean, I even I mean, I blacked out back then. Like I remember, I mean, from the first times that I I don't remember my first drink. Like um, I don't remember the first time I got drunk, but I'm I'm pretty sure I probably blacked out that time because Mm. it was always, I mean, even from the beginning, like I was just like chugging vodka out of the bottle. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like I was, you know, I mean, I would mix drinks and stuff, but it was to get, you know, drunk. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anytime that I could, I just remember always being really excited about it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was like so much fun, even though, 
most of the time, like the next day, I couldn't remember like half of the night. And I have I would have to ask people like, what happened? You know, what did I do? What did I say? Was I like functioning? <laughs> you mm-hmm, know, like right. I mean, was I even like walking around or? Um, you know, I would pass out a lot at people's houses and, um, I mean, I even, I drove, I mean, even back then, like, I mean, I remember my sister, um, she's younger. So she was like, she didn't even have her driver's license yet. She was like 15 and she had to drive home one night cause I was so drunk. Like I couldn't drive us home. Wow. Um, and she didn't even have her license. So, I mean, it was just like, I don't remember ever wanting to do anything like that during the week. It was just so much partying like it, you know, and I just feel like I was always so shy. Mm. And then when I would go to like these big house parties or whatever and drink, like I didn't care. Like I could talk to whoever, um, you know, boys were always like the, the main thing of what I was like self-conscious about. And, you know, I could like, I just felt like when I drank, like I didn't, it didn't matter like who you were or what you looked like or whatever. Like I just always felt confident to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like, it makes me think too about like the genetic predisposition mm-hmm. too, that it's like, as soon as it hit, you mm-hmm. were just like, this is. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because I mean, my parents, I mean, my whole family drank, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, like, you know, around the pool, you know, 4th of July, uh, grilling out, you know, but it was, I don't ever remember seeing them get like crazy, but I do remember being little, like in elementary school and, and just being so upset that they drank. Like, I don't know if we had like a dare thing at school or something like that, but, um, I just remember like my mom picking us up from like elementary school and I was like crying, like begging her and my dad to like stop drinking and stop smoking cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just remember thinking back then, like I will never smoke cigarettes and I will never drink. Like, yeah. even though they weren't, you know, they weren't doing anything, like right. it didn't change the way that they treated us mm-hmm. didn't change like our home life or anything. Um, and I mean, I would try like sips of their beer and hate it, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. I mean, it's just like when I started drinking, you know, when I actually did finally, I guess, kind of agree to like I went with my friend and one time the the first time that I can really remember. And just like after that time, it was just like I always wanted to mm. like any any kind of thing like party football game, I mean, anything like that. Like, I always wanted to be able to drink. Right. And then, so did that, so that started, like, your senior year, and then what happened after you graduated from college? Did you, or, I mean, from high school, would you go to college? I did, yeah. I went to Valdosta State um, right after um, high school and um, got down there, and I had to live, like, I I applied and it got accepted late, so they didn't have any dorm rooms left. So I had to live in the on-campus apartments, um, which I think to anybody would be like, oh, my God, that's awesome, you know. But I didn't – I missed out on a lot because I didn't meet a lot of people my age. Like all the people that I met and became friends with were all older than me. Um, So, I mean, just from the get-go, like I remember being down there like my first weekend and going to like fraternity parties and just like – just 
it was so much free alcohol mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just so much fun. Like mm-hmm. just everybody had a solo cup in their hand and, you know, everybody was playing games or just loud and laughing. And, you know, it was just like, this is great. Like, I can't believe that I get to be down here away from my parents and like do this whenever I want kind of thing. So were you drinking every day around that? No, time? no. Okay. Even then, um, it was still only on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't really remember. I did really good like my first year in college. Um, I mean, like I made all A's and B's like my whole first year. Um, it was my second year. Um, I had like this traumatic thing happen with some friends that I, that went down there with me. Um, or actually I went down there with them. They were already going and I changed the college I was going to, to, to follow them down there basically. And, um, it's kind of like I had to start all over, like all the friends that I had, like weren't my friends anymore. Um, and that's when I started like going out more during the week. Uh, staying up later, you know, on weeknights when I would have to get up for class the next day uh-huh. and really started like skipping class um, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so that second year, like second year, first semester, it was kind of shaky. And then like second year, second semester, it was just all downhill mm-hmm. from there. So then what, what were, how would you describe the years kind of between, um, college and mar like what did that look like um well that was i mean that was definitely the progression of the disease <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean i it's all a blur really i mean a lot of it is um you know i moved back home after my second year um my mom was diagnosed with a um degenerative brain disease And so I don't remember drinking a whole lot like during that time because it was really apparent that God had brought me back home for a reason. My sister had gone to Valdosta, so I was like an only child and, you know, I hadn't been an only child in, you know, what, like 20 years or something. And so um, I don't really remember doing a whole lot of partying or drinking during that time. Like if I did, you know, it was like mostly like if we were grilling out, like I'd, you know, have some beers like with them or something. But, um, you know, then uh, once I kind of like reestablished myself in Griffin and started hanging out with people again and having friend groups, that's when it like all just started back up. And and I just – I partied as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I still didn't really drink during the week unless I went to like a friend's house for dinner or something. But um, it was still still mainly during the weekend. But it's kind of like the worst that my mom got um, with her illness. And then I went through this breakup. Then it was like, I know what is going to solve all this pain that I'm feeling. Um, and that's when, like, I started drinking every day. I mean, it was, like, almost overnight, like, when I started drinking during the week. Mm-hmm. And then I would drink literally every day. It was, like, a routine. When I would get off work, I would go to the gas station. And, you know, at first it was, like, one, one like, 18-ounce. And then it was, like, three 18-ounces. And then it was, like, a six-pack. And, I mean, I mean, just the progression. Like, it – and then beer wasn't working anymore, so I switched to liquor. Mm-hmm. That's heavy too. Dealing with your mom, uh, kind of. So you were kind of the caretaker. 
Uh, well, my dad okay, was the main caretaker, okay. but um, but in between um, some years, I lost um, a job that I'd had for four years. Um, I actually got fired for being late, and um, so there was a time period when I didn't work, and I was like her kind of caretaker mm. during that time. But even you know, regardless of that, like we had help. Um, you know, we had a, a service, you know, that came, somebody that came um, almost every day. Because at that point, I mean, she could still walk and um, and do some things for herself. But um, I still was there every day. Like, I, I think at that point, I was probably living with my grandmother. Um, I had to move out of our house so they could remodel it to be handicap accessible. Um, so it's kind of like I had two households. So like, when I would get off work, like I'd go to the gas station and drive around and drink for like however long, an hour or something. And then I'd come home to my parents' house and hang out with them or help with mom or whatever, still drink, um, and then go next door to my grandmother's house and, you know, pro- probably still drink and then go to bed. Um, it was a lot of hiding, yeah, a lot of lying, a lot of hiding, um, you know, what I was doing. Uh, trying to act like, you know, everything was fine. We hope you're enjoying my conversation with Lindsay. And before we get back to it, just really quick, we wanted to let you know that Mar has launched a brand new print magazine. You can sign up for a free subscription by visiting our website at marinc.org, then clicking on resources at the top of the page, and then clicking on new meanings magazine. It's another great way to stay connected and receive resources on addiction that you can pass along and share with friends or family members or people who might need help. Now back to my conversation with Lindsay. So does that kind of bring us up to when Mar comes into the picture? Um, a little. Well, my mom passed away in 2014. Um, and that is, I think, I don't know, those the years in between like 2014 and, and when I came to Mar are really blurry. I mean, I got the only thing that I really, you know, was like a huge like, spotlight and it is I got a job with um Edward Jones and and I wasn't even looking for another job um that my financial advisor actually wanted you know asked me to apply and you know he was like you need to work for this company like I'm gonna find you a position and and he did and then it ended up working out um and that was like my dream job I mean I didn't know that it was my dream job before I started uh but that was I mean, that was definitely like a gift from God because it just kind of fell into my lap. And, um, you know, shortly after I started working there, like I had already decided like that's where I was going to retire from. Um, oh, you really liked it. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I did. I loved it. I loved everything. I loved my the financial advisor that I worked for. I loved the clients that we had. I loved the location. I mean, just all the, the actual, you know, duties and responsibilities that I had. Like, I just loved everything about it. And that wasn't something you had thought about getting into before Mm-mm. then? No. Oh, wow, that's no. cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I had no idea. Like, you know, I was working at a newspaper, um, and I had worked my way up into sales um, at that newspaper. And I knew I didn't want to stay there, but I had no idea what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. like, you know, what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that... I mean, it. That's why I say, like, it was. Um, it was like 
God just like handed that to me and mm-hmm. was like, here, like, this is what you need to do. Cause I feel like I just fit with it so well. Um, and then, I mean, I just, I start like, even then I was drinking every day, but that's when I started drinking in the morning. Um, and I mean, I remember like one morning, like I was on the way there, it was like a 45 minute drive. Um, and I was so hungover. Um, and I had spent the night like at a friend's house. Um, and I still had some fireball left over. And I was like, you know, let me just try the, to drink this and see if it'll make me feel better. And it did, but I just never, I mean, that was it. I mean, so from that point on, I was, it was all day, mm-hmm. every day. That's so interesting because it's like you found this dream job that you didn't even know that you wanted, mm-hmm. but but you you found this place that you love working at, and at the same time the disease is progressing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you were totally miserable, and it doesn't sound like no. in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going through. You obviously went through some tragedy with your mom and, right. and all that, but but you seem pretty happy in your work, mm-hmm. and and at the same time the disease is progressing. Oh yeah. For sure. It's it's weird to think back, you know, to that time um, because I had, I mean, I had so much like going for me um, and and I didn't even realize what was happening. You know, I had no idea. And I, I mean, I think probably at that point I knew that I was an alcoholic somewhere deep down inside of me. But um, and I think maybe at that point, like my dad or my sister had probably said like one or two things about like how much I drank, but even they didn't know like really how much I was drinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or like how often. Right. Um, right. It They're was. starting to get concerned, but they don't know the extent of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like it's the dumbest thing, you know, now I think like who, who, why would you mm-hmm. drink all day, like before work and at work and, you know, when you have to deal with people and like, you know, handle lots of money. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but it was like, I just thought that it made me better. Yeah. Like it just made me smarter and like I was more efficient and yeah. it was just stupid. <laughs> well, I think I think it's not necessarily stupid. Well, from my perspective, not necessarily stupid because I think it's like you're obviously a uh, competent you you know a smart person you had this great job but uh, but i think it may be a testimony to like how this is a disease you yeah. know it's like it's yeah i mean i definitely agree with that mm-hmm. looking back i mean you yeah. know during at the time of course i thought that i was in control of everything mm-hmm. right yeah 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 <laughs> you know i didn't think you know i knew that i was sad and you know i hadn't really like dealt with the, my mom you know passing away and you know i knew that like we had like family issues and, um, you know, just surrounding the grief, but, um, like never did I ever think that like my drinking was like causing any, any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, um, if I'm hurting anything, I'm the only person that I'm hurting. Right. Um, and I definitely didn't, it didn't even cross my mind that like, you know, you just, you don't, you don't like drink half a bottle of fireball on the way to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> like yeah. you just, you know, people yeah, just right. don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And so was there any um, attempts to quit leading up to that point or just? So, um, yes, there was one. Um, 
I got, so I had gotten a DUI back in 2009. Um, and you know, like I had to go to court for like over a year and I ended up, it, it got reduced to reckless driving. And I went through, I mean, probation, community service, DUI school, all that stuff, all still drank during all of that. I mean, learning things about, you know, alcoholics and stuff, but still I just, I was like, oh, I can stop anytime I want. I don't want to stop. You know, I like to drink and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a, uh, my second DUI in, t- in January 2017. And, uh, you know, around that time, that's when my family kind of really was like on me a lot. And then um, I really wasn't even able to like drink peacefully around them mm-hmm. <laughs> because that none of them wanted me to drink. Um, I mean, my sister didn't even want to be around me because she just did not like me when I was drunk. I mean, because by, at that point I was drinking so much liquor, like I couldn't just, you know, it was, it was, I was fine one minute and I was like passing out the next minute, It you know, because I was just chugging it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got that second DUI and then that's when, you know, my dad had always taught, he knew that, I mean, he wasn't dumb. Like he knew that if I went somewhere and I came home that I was driving and drinking. And he had always told me that he wouldn't get me out of jail mm-hmm. if I got, you know, if I got caught again. But he he got me out. Um, and, you know, that's the first time that I said out loud, like, I have a drinking problem. Like, I still didn't say I was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Like, I just said, like, I have a problem with, with alcohol, like with drinking, you mm-hmm. know. And um, so I started seeing a therapist because I had to report it to my job. Um, I had to talk to my oh, financial the second DUI. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, so it's like she actually put me in touch, my financial advisor put me in touch with this therapist. And I mean, the first time that I went to go meet with him, um, I was drunk and, uh, you know, talked to him. And I think by that, the end of that thing, that conversation, he was like, um, well, you're an alcoholic and you need to go to detox. And I was like, you know, what's de- what's detox? <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I think he probably explained it. And then, and I was like, okay, well, you know, something or other. And he's like, no, I mean, you need to go like today. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's a shocker. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it is not that serious, yeah. you know. But he was like super. Wor- I mean, from the get go, he was like really concerned. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, you know, I said it was like I think it was like Mother's Day weekend around that time, and I was like, well, I'm not going this weekend because it's Mother's Day weekend, mm-hmm. so I'll go next weekend or something. Um, and I went, like I, I mean, my friend took me up there. I wouldn't let my dad take me or my sister because I wanted to be able to drink the way I wanted to. Um, and so that I guess would be the time that I tried to stop because when I was in detox, you know, of course I felt like a hundred percent better. Um, but then I thought that, uh, now that I was like physically off of it, like everything was going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Like I still did not understand what I really had. Like I did not understand. I mean, even though, I mean, I took notes in those groups they have, like I listened, I was into it. But I did not I did not understand everything that Mar taught me. I mean, it's it's crazy how naive I feel like I was then 
when I thought that I was like so on top of things and I was like, well, now that I hadn't drank for a week, like everything will be great and I'll keep going to therapy and I'll start going to AA meetings and, you know, and everything's just going to be okay now. Mm -hmm. Like everything is just going to work out. And I mean, I drank the day after I got out Yeah, for no reason. Like, I don't even know why. Yeah. That's, it's, it's such a confusing thing that like alcoholism, you think like, okay, well, we'll just remove the alcohol then Mm -hmm. and everything will be fine. Like the person just stops drinking. And then, so of course, when people are in detox and they don't know what they're up against, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, that's like solved. Like I'll just leave here and not drink anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, it seemed so easy to me. Mm-hmm. Like, just don't go to the liquor store. Yeah. That's all I have to do. Right. Just don't go buy it, and I'll be mm-hmm. fine. And, you know, it what I guess at that point, like, it just wasn't even a conscious decision. Right. Like, I don't even remember, like, deciding to go. Yeah, right, you know? right. Yeah, okay. And so that that was in... How long ago was that? So that was so that was like May of 2017. Okay. Um, and then in between that time and July of 2017, um, I got fired from my dream job in July. Um, and that was my bottom. Like that was what um I mean, I just I was devastated. And so that's when, you know, my therapist, Clay, he's the one that he had already suggested Mar to me. Um, and, I mean, I don't, I don't even think I looked it up. Like, I was just like, I don't need to go to rehab. Like, what, you know. But at that point, when I got fired, and I didn't go home for three days, and I stayed drunk. I mean, those three days. Like, I stayed at friends' houses. And even though, I mean, and those people drink, and but even they were like, worried about me Mm -hmm. um and I don't even really remember much about those three days but when I finally went home because I was terrified to tell my dad you know I did not want to have to go home and tell him that I got fired especially because I got fired for being drunk and passing out at work Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that that's just humiliating um I had so much shame about around that and and so I didn't tell him why, you know, like, I, I don't even remember what I really told him. It was all lie, you know, yeah. I lied and just talked my way around it somehow. But I told him at that point that I was going to have to go somewhere, uh-huh. that I couldn't do it by myself. And that, I mean, I really didn't even give AA a chance. Like, I went drunk to every meeting I went to. Um, so I was just like... I. Like, I'm going to have to go somewhere. And this is the place, you know, this place called Mar is what, you know, my therapist recommends. And so I guess this is where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And then um, then a month went by. I mean, I remember, vividly remember thinking how long 90 days was because I was telling all my friends and I'm going to be gone for 90 days. You know, mm-hmm. it is not a long time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it is not. It, flies by. I mean, I, you know, I was in, I don't know, I was in halfway for like a hundred and something days and still didn't want to leave. But yeah, I mean, definitely it was super intimidating. um, Very scary. I mean, I knew at that point that I didn't want to drink anymore and I couldn't stop drinking, but I didn't not want to drink anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it was like, I hated it. I hated what I 
had become. I hated that I had to drink just to get out of bed because I was so sick if I didn't. Um, I mean, I think during that month, like I would try to not drink and I'd make it like a day, maybe a day and a half. But that was like laying in bed. And like if I would move, I would get sick. I mean, it was miserable. And then I would just I would have to go get something to drink just to get up and like try to eat or brush my teeth. And and I was I mean, I remember thinking just like, how is this who I am? Like, you know, and my poor dad, he was just like because my bedroom was upstairs and I wouldn't let him come up there. So he'd stand at the bottom of the stairs and ask me how I was feeling. And, you know, I'd make up all these things. And because I didn't really understand that I was going through withdrawals. Like I still didn't even really know about what what that was about. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just, it was a really, really weird, messed up time, (laughs) like messed up month. Like it was just very... Um, very dark, mm. really dark month. So then finally end up getting to detox. Mm-hmm. And then how long are you there? For six days. Okay. And then you you get to Mar. Mm-hmm. What's that first day like at Mar? Um, do you remember it? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, I remember the girls and because it was three of the girls were the same girls that I had met when I went my first day before they sent me away to detox. So I remembered them from, you know, coming a week prior and then. Oh, so you, you went to, you went there to admit, right? but then they sent you to detox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, during that time, like I'd been telling my uh, dad and my sister that I wasn't drinking. Okay. So when we got there and, you know, I talked to the nurse and, told her the truth, you know, yeah. and she was like, okay, well, you're going to have to go to detox. And I was yeah. like, well, I, I figured. And she was like, well, you're going to have to go tell your family. And I was like, uh-uh. Yeah. But she made me. She made me tell them. And they were they were so upset. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, I, th- I guess in their head they thought that I was, like, really doing a good job of, like, not drinking or, like, trying to stop or whatever. But, you know, that was always the thing to them. It's like what you said earlier, like, just – just don't drink, you know, mm-hmm. just don't pick up the alcohol. Like that's what that's what they thought. That's it for part one of my conversation with Lindsay. On the next episode, you'll hear about her journey through treatment at Mar and the many pivotal moments, emotional ups and downs that she went through in the process of learning how to live without alcohol. I'm Matt Shedd. Our podcast is co-produced by Angela Edmonds and our executive producer is David Tate. And we'll see you next time.